the Spirit of God. In two weeks, three of our students from this community will be baptized. And in baptism, we who, who are mere human are given the indwelling Spirit of God, which actually then gives us access to God. We can have a relationship with Him, but by receiving His divine Spirit, His eternal Spirit, that you and I have confidence that we will live for eternity in Him. Our humanness dies, we know that. But we're given something eternal so that our immortal spirit will live on. It's interesting how when, sometimes when people hear this, they're like, um, no thank you. And, and I think it's because people who say, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to live forever. Because our only experience of life has been one that's tainted with suffering and pain and back pain and all sorts of things, you know, and hunger. And, and so when I think about that for eternity, it's like, oh my gosh, that's just, that's just overwhelming. But we don't want to project that onto eternity. Instead, it's like, think about, think about our best moment. Think of the, the moment of moments of great connection and, and joy and peace and happiness. Those moments that we never wanted to end. Have we had those moments? being with friends and stuff, and you're like, I, I want to stay here forever. I mean, we kind of do that, don't we? We stay like half the night, you know? Like, it's like there's something within us that, that yearns for that happiness that won't end. That, that's the foretaste of, of heaven that God's put within us. And yet, we still, we know that we will live forever, even with that knowledge it still hurts to face death. Even in the last few weeks, I've had several people come up to me and, hey, Father, can you pray for my family member who just passed away? And, and I have other family members who are close to death. And, and that's just, it's hard. It's, it's sad. There's, there's no two ways about it. That, that even though I, I believe in eternal life, it doesn't mean that I don't get sad in the face of death. And so Jesus shows us today different elements that we can hold on to as we face death. That there's, there's a lot of things we don't know. I don't know when I'm going to die. But I know a lot of other things like who will be with me in that moment. And so I want to highlight a couple things from our gospel. First, we know very simply it says that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That Jesus loves them. Jesus loves us. That Jesus loves us. That, that he holds nothing back for our good. That, that even though things like, if you had been here, Lord, our brother would not have died, it, it feels like you don't love us, Lord. There's things that happen that make me feel like you don't love me. Because everything doesn't go my way in life, it feels at times I can project that onto God and say, it feels like you don't love me. But it's a fact. We know God loves us. Jesus loves us. And I can hold on to that. Secondly, Jesus says this, this illness will not end in death. 
He says, our friend Lazarus is asleep. And then a few, year, a few verses later, he's even clearer because they're like, oh, if he's asleep, then he'll wake up. And Jesus is like, okay, you're not getting it. He says, so then Jesus says, Lazarus has died. Wait, Jesus, a minute ago you said he's asleep, and now you're saying he's died? Lazarus has died, and I'm glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. That to Jesus, death is sleep. And just as sleep is for a time, so is death for God. That it's that simple for God. It's like, yeah, 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 he's dead. Even Lazarus, he'd been dead four days. And the Jewish notion, you know, three days was mostly dead. You know, um, four days is all dead. It's dead, dead. Like, you're not opening that tomb because there's going to be a smell and all sorts of stuff, right? So, but to God, it's like, okay. Jesus raises Lazarus. He raises the, the, the widow of Nain's son that Jesus rises. Like, death is not a big deal for, for God. Like, he has, he has power over it, I mean. Third, we, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That, that Martha knows that she can be real and honest with Jesus. Like, I'm mad at you, God, and I'm going to tell you. And I think there's something, sometimes we can feel like, ah, oh, I'm really, I can't be mad at God. I mean, God's perfect, his plan's perfect. And if I'm unhappy, the problem's not with the perfect one. It must be with me. And it's like, no, we're human. And Martha shows us that, that we can be real and honest. Like, God, this stinks. And what she tells Jesus, because she knows that Jesus is listening, that Jesus cares. And sometimes we could say, like, well, I don't hear God talking to me. I'm like, well, yeah. But in a human conversation... If the other person's not talking, what might they be doing? They're listening. That Jesus is listening, and so Martha leans into that relationship. That, that her strong feelings doesn't mean she doesn't trust God. It, it actually speaks of, of a strong trust, a strong relationship there, that, that she goes to him. That If we're angry and sad, I mean, who wants to hear about it? But no one more than God. And so if I'm sad about something that's happened or losing a loved one, that's important to talk about. Even counselors would tell you that, that the fastest way through grief is to embrace it head on. If I'm sad, I name it. If I'm angry, I name it. And Jesus gives us space to do that with him. Fourth little point, Jesus, who only speaks truth, says... I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. That, that, there's a confidence to that that we can lean into. There's a strength that Jesus is God. And this is what he's telling us, that even if we die, that we will live. Some people point out, well, I've talked to students before about this, and they're like, well, where's Lazarus today? You know, if... If Jesus rose him from the dead, where is he? It's like, well, he died. Well, I guess God wasn't all-powerful. It's like, no, 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 no. Jesus rose Lazarus, not so that Lazarus would live forever in this human body, 
but that, so that we would know Jesus has power over death and over this human body. That, that we actually, we actually kind of need to die because, because of original sin, our bodies, our lives are tainted by weakness and suffering. And in order to go to that place of no suffering, this body needs to die. And then my spirit will be given a resurrected body in heaven. So I actually have to die. So Lazarus needed to die to put an end to this, this life um, in this world in order to enter the next world. And so this power that God has over life and death, it's, it's given to us in baptism, that, that indwelling spirit of God, God who cannot die, God who is being itself, who is eternity, that God gives us that spirit within us, even though I don't like feel it, I can't see it, not under a microscope, but it's the spirit in the spiritual realm. Lastly, Jesus, who knows that he's going to raise Lazarus, he still goes to the tomb and he weeps. People will say, like, it's the shortest verse in Scripture, you know, ish. You know, there's other three verse, verses, but like three-word verses. But it says Jesus wept. Jesus knows he's going to raise him from the dead, and he still weeps. That, that when you and I are sad at the loss of a loved one, even though we know this person will live in God forever, that what does God do? But God draws near to us and weeps with us that he's sad with us, that Jesus shares in our human condition in every way but sin, which includes our sadness and includes anger at death, that God does not like death. The Book of Wisdom says God did not make death, nor does he delight in the destruction of the living. God hates death so much that Jesus came to face it head on and to end it, to end its, its power over us. And every person who unites themselves to Jesus, the one who has power over sin and death, has nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. That we can walk with confidence and hope. One of the people that shared with me recently about their family member who passed away, and they were sad, and, and I asked them, I said, well, where... Let me ask you, where do you think they are right now? And they said, with God. I said, what's it, what's it like with God? And they said, well, it's, it's good, it's, it's peaceful, it's happy. And, and it is good. And we, we are sad here because we had hoped for more time with them. That's the sadness is ours because we don't have what we desire, the person we cared about. And it, it's, it's understandable. But the, the truth is that this person, our, you know, our grandparents or whoever, like, yeah, we wanted a little bit more time with them and that's understandable. But, but the truth is that we, we all die. And it, it's okay to be sad. And that, the question is not, will I die? The question is, how do I want to live? 
I, I can live in fear and anxiety about the unknowns of what will happen. Or I can cling to what I do know. The God who will be with me. The God who loves me, listens to me. The God who has power over sin and death, over suffering. The God who has given me his spirit that will live forever. That I can be, I can be honest with God about all these things. That's what I know. And that's what we cling to. Two days ago marked the anniversary of the death of a family. This family was in Poland, and the anniversary was March 24th, 1944. This um, family in Poland, their last name was Ulma, U-L-M-A, and the Nazis had found out that this family had been hiding and housing Jewish people. They had actually saved 21 different people from different families. And so the Nazis came and they they killed the father, they killed the mother. The mother was sad because she was seven months pregnant. And then the young children who watched all this, they then executed them, nine people in all. And on September 10th of this year, all nine of them will be beatified, including that unborn child that needed about two more months to breathe air instead of fluid. That this was a family who knew the reality of death. I mean, to live during World War II, you knew the reality of death. But the question they had was, how are we going to live? And they chose to use the freedom they had, the love they had, to to defend and fight for the lives of their brothers and sisters. And then even though they ended up having their lives taken in an evil way by the Nazis, that God, who protects the ones he loves, that, that now we will rejoice, that we acknowledge as a church that they are in heaven. That's where we're all destined. This is just for a time. And if I can keep that in front of me, it doesn't actually add to my anxiety. It actually relieves my anxiety. That I have a freedom to truly live. Because this world can be hostile. This world can even be evil. That there's suffering and pain. But God's sacrificial love, that that, that his spirit, the spirit of God, is stronger than death the spirit that we've been given. And and we know that we're going to face death, but we know that we will face death united to the one who has power over death. And we can decide to truly live in him.